Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kierens, and I'm proud to be your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring our favorite beers and breweries to life. It's that simple, folks. So this is episode number 86, Ochenta y Seis, featuring the extremely talented, like-minded, chill Chris Kemp. Follow him along on IGC, like the ocean, underscore Kemp, as in Sean, Lakers beat the Sonics, right? I had the Bush, she had the Chronic, the Lakers beat the Supersonics, but dating myself, but today was a good day, and hopefully you're having a good day too. So this is a good episode. We learned of Chris through Revelry Brewing, which is in Charleston, South Carolina, where he's been doing labels for them for about four years now. So it's a really good story. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. And we came to learn of Chris, which is always cool when we say that if you're following along or you see something cool that you like, use the, the 16OZ canvas hashtag. And Chris is kind of one of the you know, early adapters, him and our good friend Steve Raboyan. And I've been following along with Chris for a while and just really to be able to bring it full circle this season, to have him be a part of it was really great. You know, I liked to uh, learn about his, his story, how he ended up in Charleston, kind of some of his passions and just his perspective on things. Talk a bit about, about music, his monthly mixtapes, you can check them out. We're into November now, so we're looking for the, the new the new version to, to drop soon from you know, DJ Kemp. It's not really, he doesn't really call himself that, but he and I both kind of geeked out on the idea of having some DJ equipment and just throwing down for a party or two. So, administrative things here, 16ozcanvas.com is our website, uh, 16ozcanvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you want to follow along, which I hope you do. However you found us, uh, we do appreciate you and we're thankful to, to have you. Please, after this episode, feel free to dive into the archives and get yourself accustomed. Get yourself familiar. I cannot believe we're in the home stretch towards 100. We always like to keep it 100, but, you know, some things happen here and there, but it's really exciting. Episode 86 is one step closer, and it's really nice to be able to share this episode of our chat with Chris. C underscore Kemp, Revelry Brewing. As I said before, trying to say that one five times fast is uh, definitely a little tricky. Chris and I gave it a shot a few times. But uh, Revelry, 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 Put a little beat behind that. Revelry, 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 Anyway, don't quit your day job, AJ. So without further ado, I bring to you episode number 86 of the 16-ounce canvas. More big news is coming soon, folks, coming down the pipeline. I'm thinking of two things that are pretty awesome that we're really excited about, but we're not going to tell you them right now. But we will in due time, and feel free to get in touch. The hotline is open. AJ at 16OZCanvas.com is my email address. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love your recommendations. Love to know what your favorite episodes are, what you think of the show. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play or, or wherever it is that you get your podcast on. I will stop uh, asking for your, your feedback or your, I guess your vote, but you know the election's over. So, like I said, without further ado, here he is, the one and only. Surfs up, Chris Camp, sixteen ounce canvas. Get at your boy. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the sixteen ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Really excited to have with us tonight. Chris Kemp joining us from Charleston, South Carolina. We came to learn of Chris through his work with Revelry Brewing down there in Charleston. So it's really, uh, it's really nice to finally get a chance to, to talk to you, Chris. You know, we've been trying to schedule this for a while, and I appreciate your, your flexibility and, you know, just really uh, really amped up to have you be you know, part of the project. Yeah, thanks so much for having me here and really excited and appreciate uh, all the previous podcasts. Yeah, I've been getting a lot from it. Cool. Yeah, I think that's the that's the beauty of it. I think everyone takes something different away from it, and I think they appreciate you know the hard work and learning about the process. So I'm just uh, I'm excited to to hear about you and what, you know how you kind of got at it. So 
you know, this is the one where, you know, you can ramble on about yourself. It's a little self-serving. What's the, what's like, what's the, what's the Chris Kemp story? How did you, you know, get into art and, you know, illustration and and drawing? Uh, uh, Take us back, man. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I've always been into art and and been drawing uh, probably since middle school or high school. Uh, Not until I moved moved to outer, I grew up in Maryland. Uh, near Baltimore, Harper County, uh, moved down to the Outer Banks, North Carolina, after college. Uh, I graduated in 2006, kind of tough to find a job, and moved down there on a whim with some buddies and a dream, and nothing, it didn't fall into place, but I learned a lot in the process, and uh, down there, I, I was doing construction, I was waiting tables i did some screen printing uh i ended up just painting kind of junk that washed up on the beach um i don't know if you're familiar with the outer banks but skinny strip of sandbar that hangs off the east coast and really i didn't do a finished piece until i worked until i lived there Uh, i had a buddy that took my sketchbook up to a surf shop uh, that just opened it was a surf and skate shop and Mike Rowe, uh, he owned it. It was called 158 Surf and Skate. And he just brought my sketchbook up there. I was never thought very much of my artwork. And he said, yeah, let's paint some surfboards. And we started painting surfboards for him. He was a surfboard shaper. And uh, we just painted a couple and had it go in the shop and see if they sold. And from then on out, it, I ended up doing T-shirts for him and painting murals, and he just gave me a a boost of uh, you know, he was he was certain that I was I was onto something. So yeah, I appreciated that, and that that took me far away. Uh, that was the first kind of big thing that happened for me, um, and I didn't even realize that at the time I was broke and doing whatever. Um, but I ended up in the long run being a surfboard artist and he made custom surfboards and I would draw stuff for little girls, um, you know, butterflies, you know, uh, hibiscus flowers, college logos, anything you could think of on custom surfboards. Um, and then I had an, uh, an art show and with all my junk that I had, drawn off the beach and it was really successful and uh i just i met people from there and in the community it's kind of hard to describe the outer banks community it's very small town everybody kind of knows everybody being an outsider it took me a few years to get assembled but uh it's weird it wasn't a big city kind of hustle bustle art scene there so i was really going off what i read and juxtaposed and saw and juxtaposed and art magazines at the time so came a long way with instagram and all that i feel like there's so much out there now to inspire yeah and for yeah for folks who wants to uh follow along at home i think uh it's a it's a good pr- plug right here it's c like the ocean underscore camp so it's kind of a little wordplay there, but a man, man of the ocean. So it's fitting, but you know, with your first initial being C Chris, you know, it's, I, I like, I like that for a while. I was like, why is he C? I was like, Oh, duh. I'm like, I'm an idiot. It's so weird. I made, I made that name when Instagram first came out. I didn't even know what it was. I just thought it was a journal of photos, <laughs> you know, and whatever you wanted. I didn't know everybody else could see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was pretty early on too. And I was like, why would people want to follow along with like, pictures of my you know kids or my sneakers or other nonsense i was like you know snapping away and it was like all right whatever yeah it worked out um, yeah social here, media, here we are. social media is odd to me but i it's i i can't see how i would have made it without it to be honest um it's put a lot of exposure for artists and creative people to get some inspiration so um, it's been good. There's, there's obviously ups and downs. Yeah. Well, I, I, I like your, the way you do it. It's kind of, 
obviously you showcase your art, but you know, you also like, you know, let us inside a little bit to your, you know, your life and what you're doing, but it's kind of fun. Like that's one of the cool things about this is, you know, going back, you know, to back in the day and like you, you really like, you can see how many, how many labels you've done, you know, how important like the water and surfing, you know, is to you and, you know, your family. So it's just kind of nice. You can kind of get a good, it's creepy in a way. Like I definitely see that. Like, I don't like, we don't know each other, but like I can see all your shit and like kind of yeah. like get into your business without having to like talk to you, which is creepy. But it just kind of yeah. it's kind of nice to like go back and just even like to see the evolution of like your labels, like you know, like some of them have like a you know some of your older ones have like a almost like a collage like you know vibe to it, you know, which is really cool, like that cut out pictures and, and shit like that, and yeah, you know, pencils, and illustrations. Yeah, it's like it's it's really nice to see like you can see the the evolution, how you challenge yourself with different projects and and kind of where it went. Yeah. Oh man, I, I feel like I've learned so much uh, in the past few years. We just celebrated our four-year anniversary for Revelry. Uh, yes, uh, Sunday. I'm sorry. Happy anniversary, and squad! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Super excited. Had a big turnout. Um, Two thousand some people. We closed off the street Damn. and throw a big party. Um, and it, you know, it's. At, for a second you're just hanging out and partying but then you step back and you're like wow we we, we made this like yeah and at the time uh charleston only had um, i think less than 10 breweries when we opened i think we were number eight or nine and now there's over 30 some breweries in charleston so scene's blowing up quick um it's just really i was super lucky to get on with revelry and they make damn good beers and I'm I'm just you know really happy that I've been able to put a face to the brand. Yeah, I, I what I like about you is I mean even just when we've been talking like you're really like a you're like a humble you're a humble dude and you're really like appreciative and you know you know you said that took you a while to kind of get your you know for lack of a better term like sea legs and you know become a part of that community but it's just it's it's super apparent how important that your work is to the success of the brewery and it's really nice to see that. You know, even just saying we, like, you're definitely, you know, you're a part of that and you're a part of that community. And I think that's one of the great reasons why it's been successful, you know. Oh, yeah. And and, and it's interesting to hear uh, some of your other guests, too. You know, for the longest time, I was looking for somebody to talk to <laughs> about <laughs> the same job. And, and, and you kind of opened that outlet up because um, I don't know a lot of other breweries that have a full-time artist um i know they're out there but uh personally i haven't been able to chat with a lot of them but luckily through the 16 ounce canvas i've been able to do um hear first-hand stories from everybody so everybody's got their own process yeah. and i feel like we should have like a, i feel like we should have like a big get together like just like you know like a big family like party you know and just like everybody together and just i don't know i don't know what we we just yeah. we draw or like just get some spray paint or something i don't know it'd be cool i love it yeah did you guys just have an art show yeah we did one in july uh in new, in new haven here in connecticut it was really cool we had about uh we had 11 artists and we're looking at uh doing another one uh maybe we've got some things in the, in motion for maybe in april but yeah and a couple a couple of galleries have reached out to me which is which is crazy so i mean they're like oh we'd love to have you do it here and i'm like holy shit like that's cool so I don't know. Well, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, I'm sure, we're, I'm sure Revelry would love to to house something like that if uh, you ever yeah. wanted to bring something like that down here. Hell yeah! Like I said, I want to get down there. So it's kind of I know I'll be down there. Just a matter of when. It's just uh, it's exciting because, like I said, you know, uh, we probably connected you know several months ago. But you know, I, I think you tagged me with one of your one of the first ones. It was either the Church Lady or there's a there's a winter one that you did that I really like. Uh, let me see if I can find it while we're talking here, but. But yeah, so to go back and just to see that, like, how many labels have you done? It's got to be like over a hundred, it looks like, right? I did this number before you were gonna ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't ask that question, uh, but I was like, I was blown away by yeah. how, many, how many you've like, how many you had. And I, I like, feel like Revelry throws them out there, and that's one of the cool things about them is uh, they, they we have a solid core brand, and then we're doing stuff outside of it um and they hope uh they hope, like seasonal type stuff and then they opened up a barrel facility this past year Ooh. um and that's called the hold 
by Revelry, and they've been doing all barrel-aged stuff out of there and um, wild fermentation. We have a cool ship over there. We were one of the first people in South Carolina to have a cool ship because it doesn't get that cold here. So I think you can only brew or you can only ferment over um, under 40-some degrees or something like that. Okay. Uh, but this, this year has been 16 bottles and 22 can labels just this year. Wow. And it's crazy because it, it, it comes quick. And it, it's, it, this year has been a strict schedule. This has been our first year of really high production. Uh, we got our own canning and bottling line. Before that, it was all mobile. Um, yeah, I think once that like, yeah, once that point kicks off, I think that's like a whole nother like beast that just gets unlocked. It's like, oh man, we you don't have to, you know, all the money you save, you know, over time. It was baby. It's cold outside. I I just like the the black oh, and white yeah. with like the you know the blue high, the, the blue accents. It's real. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, thanks. Uh, the, yeah, the the bottles from the hold have been interesting. I've been trying to kind of figure out a way to cohesively do them, but been using a lot of metallics and stuff like that but generally it's been on a white canvas and then just black and ink i feel like i try to make the labels look more like they're out of my sketchbook rather than off of a computer yeah oh they definitely uh, have that like analog kind of like hand-drawn you know you can see you know just even how your line work and yeah i really like them yeah appreciate it now yeah, it's been fun yeah. Now, what, with that, like, how would you kind of like what's your what's your process like? How are you, you know, how are you, how are you putting these bad boys together? It's kind of all over the place up until maybe uh, nine months. The beginning of this year, I got uh, an iPad and started using the Procreate. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody else is talking, but that's an app that. Uh, a program they use on, on the iPad. Yeah, yeah, the the, the Pro, right? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, the iPad Pro, right? Yeah, yeah. And I had a smaller one. I'm like, I'm not going to use this thing much, and I put it off as long as I could. Um, I I really like working on paper, but I do a lot of I do a comic, and I do um, I do all the illustration for the local newspaper here on Folly on the covers and I just with how I edit some little color changes it it made sense to switch to this so before I was um doing a lot of hand-drawn sketches getting them in at like 600 and doing a lot of photoshop work just to get my sketch in there and then doing all digital color and now I am starting with a sketch and then going to procreate um, on the iPad, at least for the labels. And, but it, that all depends that we did a funk master can and I did, uh, I did like a marker on vellum and then scan that in cause it had a cool kind of bleedy effect. I'm, there's no rules. <laughs> kind of a little bit of everything. I make a lot of my own textures and then scan them into the computer and use those. So it's a lot of different elements. But, you know, I like it because it's like the range and versatility. It's kind of, you know, it's it's nice because if you lined up five or six of them, you probably have, you know, seven or eight different techniques, right, that you're using. You can really see that with, you know, the smaller cans, the big cans, the bottles, you know, you're, you know, yeah. I mean, if you look at what, like Lefty Lucy, uh, Gula, and Poke the Bear, like they're they're similar, but they're all three, you know, three different, you know, techniques and even color palettes. So it's, it's, uh, I really like that. It's kind of you, it, when, when they're announced. It's you don't know what's really gonna, what it's gonna be. You know, even with the Ramblin' uh, Rubus and whatever. You know, so like yeah, four right there that are really different. You know. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I. They, hopefully the the goal is that they all look like they're coming from the same place on the shelf. <laughs> yeah, like they're yeah, like they're related, but they're like they're different way, like they're different techniques, like you're you're saying about your textures and and all you know and how they're laid out so yeah it's it's uh even like even even the logo right the logo i I like the fact that sometimes it's in white sometimes it's dark it's not like it's not even that you have you have some flexibility even with even with that piece too which is cool yeah yeah cool so you you just casually mentioned that you do a comic book i'm not letting that slide so what's what's the comic book is it (laughs) 
What's that all about? Uh, so uh, another huge inspiration is uh, Matt Walker. He's up in the Outer Banks. He uh, he's my editor for. He does a local paper for the Outer Banks and kind of a paper for the people. Uh, it's it's a little rough around the edges kind of thing. It's more he's comes from like the National Lampoon type of scene. He really got he's been a big inspiration as far as getting me into that, getting me into R Crumb and um fuzzy for I don't know if you you know R Crumb. No, what's that? Uh he's an older illustration artist, um probably from the seventies, I think, sixties. He's done a lot of really sick artwork. You probably I probably know it. Just big, to, brother, yeah. big Brother and the Holding Company. He did the cover for that with Janis Joplin and did a lot of uh, old bluegrass kind of records. But his illustration technique has really been sick. So he turned me on to that kind of stuff. We started, I started doing illustrations for his magazine. Uh, my first solo art show I did in the Outer Banks, I, did, I sold, I pretty much sold out. Of twenty some pieces, Damn. he bought one of the pieces. Called me up afterwards, and said, "Hey, I just started this magazine. I'd love you. I'd love for you to do some work in it." And I was thrilled. And so basically, this comic, we do it every month. We've been doing it for maybe four or five years. I did a couple illustrations, and he's like, "I want, I want you to have your own page, and it's called Dune Billy." <laughs> not a hillbilly but it's a dune billy and it really describes the uh quintessential outer banksy type of person <laughs> guy kind of sleeps on the beach he's got a seagull cigarette smoking sidekick named oscar and they uh you know they've they've went on tinder together they've um you know they've got into politics we kind of tackle some political issues. All right. Kind of funny stuff. Some of it's funny. Some of it, yeah, you know, it's all funny. But uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. Maybe a couple more years, and I'll put a book together. Hopefully, of it. all right, cool. But uh, it's I get a lot of joy out of it. It's fun. Um, I, that's kind of the the fun part about doing all this is I, I get to be part of so many different little outlets. Um, I feel like I'm working on 20 different projects at once, but at the end of the day, it's all very satisfying. I'm working for people I want to work for. So, yeah, I think your your story's good, man. You're like true, you're true to yourself, and it's like, yeah, you're just by by can you're connecting with the people that are kind of uh, exemplary of who, like just kind of you know, who you'd want to be with, right? You're working with what the Foley Current is the paper you're working on, and so. Oh, the- Folly current. Folly, yep. yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a pretty bit, you know, still working, doing shit with the surf shop. And, you know, you're, you're definitely, uh, you're definitely busy. You're doing some CBD work. You know, I saw that. So, I mean, if you want to send me up some of that, that'd be pretty dope. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys are killing it. I'm just super excited. Yeah. I mean, you surround yourself with good people, man. Yeah. You said you were like, you know, kind of down and out and you almost, you know, kind of, uh, and you just kind of been teaming up with the right people chapter by chapter. It's a, it's a good fucking story, bro. Yeah. I, I hate to say the starving artist thing, but definitely you guys fucking starve all about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad it happened. You know, you learn from, uh, you learn from experience and yeah, you know, it's the, it's the path that gets you there. Right. That, that does not kill us, makes us stronger. And I think, yeah, I think it's a, when we're younger, we can, you know, get by a lot. You know, you get by a lot less, and it's uh, it's all yeah, it's all about perspective. I think that you're right. It makes you probably appreciate a lot more too. That you know, you realize where you where you came from, and and it's a I don't know, it's a good story that I think it'll resonate with people. Yeah, I didn't I didn't grow up near the beach, so being able to like I've just never taken a a, a day for granted, and being able to create this lifestyle where if there's waves, I can go surf and create you know form the rest of my day around that it's kind of ideal yeah good uh, structure do you what do you have do you have a like a what kind of board do you have uh 15 of them six maybe more (laughs) my girlfriend tells me i need to stop yeah do you not more boards than those waves here 
Yeah, right. How do you like what is that? What does that look like? Oh, there's waves. That, like, how do you pick between four, 15 boards? Like, I was like expecting like a half dozen. Like, how do you even decide what to like? That would, I would be stuck I'm, in the house deciding. I'm a nerd. <laughs> Aren't we all? Man? I, I mean, it's like golf clubs. I always, this is what I have to argue with my father. <laughs> it's like you need a different club for each kind of position. Okay, that's that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I would have figured with long and short boards, but yeah, I could see that. So it depends on the waves that you pick. Like you go check it out, and it's like, all right. Yeah, and yeah, and if it's going to be smaller, there's certain boards that cater. And I, I, I'm uh, just a creature of wanting to explore, and I, I see surfboards as functional art. You know, it's uh, it's they're they're. they're it's art in itself and i helped create some boards so i kind of understand the process and it's uh i mean the, the resin tints and every i mean just i'm i'm enamored with it I'm, unfortunately i'm not a great surfer but i love it i'm not i'm not i can't draw for shit but i like your i like the art and i like what's going on so yeah as long as it makes you happy right i mean that's how i look at it i mean you're not going to be an internet Board, uh, surfing competitions but you know it's like you're, that's yeah. your that's your happy so place happy. yeah right yeah i think i think that's kind of the simplest way to look at it just whatever makes you happy you know whatever is your good vibe and like that's cool with me like I don't, I don't i don't know there's no there's no winning and scorekeeping and all that nonsense it's like just if people yeah. just did what made them happy i think that we'd be in a better place period oh yeah like, oh yeah it's like oh everyone has the job that they know like pays the bills and they have the job they really want to do and you know i'm i'm blessed i've i've been my my real job i like it a lot and so it's i'm kind of and then i have this passion which is supportive you know all my friends and family i get to meet you know people like yourself you know it's like i don't know it's pretty it makes me have uh, faith in the bigger picture yeah the world's your oyster yeah shuck yeah. away man Mo mother shuckers yeah man we're good to go on that i think that's what a lot of people have to do is just find what makes them happy you know and I, I know you often ask uh artists what what they would suggest to younger artists and i, I i've just met a i've just had some interactions recently and I, i've had to answer that same question and it's like just do what makes you happy before you're worried about making money yep and, you know that's where the skill is going to come from you have to have a passion for it Amen to that. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah. Sometimes you gotta let the let the boat kind of just take you where it's gonna go. And I think it's uh, I don't know. It's a good lesson because a lot of folks, especially in art, like art's that thing. It's like, I mean, I think we're at a different time, like you're saying about social media and other stuff. I think we're in a better time for someone to be an artist. But it, it's not. It's not always. The, it's not always the most accepted. You know. It's. But now I think it's. I think we're we're definitely in a happier place for that. I think people appreciate it more and i think a cool thing with social media and you do it with some of your stuff is show like the early sketches and the process i think it really yeah. shows people that it's not just like some you know a couple clicks of amounts or whatever it's really thoughtful and there's a whole process and you know all that goes into it oh yeah yeah it's it's funny some of the projects and people just are like oh yeah just throw this up yeah it's like man, that's not easy <laughs> yeah man you're right yeah exactly now with, with that said how what is the we talk like what is the process with the with the brewery um like how how much time do you have how like how do you how do they how do you guys come up with what the art's going to be yeah it's it's different every time but uh I, we usually have a meeting. Um, I, I started structuring some Wednesday design meetings, um, kind of going over what I have in process. And then before, you know, and all the info, ABV style, all of that, um, the head brewer, Ryan, he brings to me. And uh, so I'm, I'm working with him and then uh, Sean, who I, I kind of have to answer through Sean a good bit. And me and him work collaboratively a lot on the labels. I kind of sh sometimes I show him more concepts than none, but we just recently did one called Family Jewels, and I I had a lot of concepts that were a little too phallic apparently, but we came up with a winner and uh, we're really stoked on it. 
a little too phallic. It looks like two balls hanging from the back of a truck. So I can only imagine what uh, what didn't make the cut on that one, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so, just want to have fun with it, but people have to want to drink the beer too. Well, yeah. Like I always, uh, think, I always think of uh, from Robbie, Robbie with against the grain and brown note. I'm like, oh. So that's always I always think one of my favorite. Yeah, I'm I mean, always like that really pushes got- the bar. Yeah. He's my early, uh, I saw that brown note and I was like, oh man. And then I just kept, just, you know, and I saw you interviewed him as well. That was really good. Um, Amazing. Yeah. I, it, it's crazy what's going on in, in the craft brew world. I, you have a hard time wrapping your head around it. I'm not an art student. Um, I, I learned myself. I was a marketing and communications major. But uh, a lot of, it, it kind of throws a twist on you. <laughs> Because there are, there's a lot of breweries that I admire, and there's no rules there. And I love the artwork and the product sells, so it's 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 hard to figure out what way to go. Yeah, that's the thing. There's no like there's no rules anymore. It's kind of like whatever whatever it is, and that's kind of sets. I think it also sets a vibe for the brewery. Like it's kind of like. You know, if you have the, some tongue in cheek stuff, and you know you're kind of you know mixing it up, it just, it just I don't know. It gives like a if you're trying to pick between brewery A and brewery B, you can you know whether the beer's good or not. But it's like oh they they seem like they have fun. They probably have some good soundtrack going. They probably have good people working yeah. there. And like you know if you're which is fine. I mean there's other there's breweries that are uber uptight, but they make good beer. So it's just kind of. It sets like a, you know, I feel like Revelry is a, is a good time and probably good people and a nice uh, soundtrack. I feel like that'd be a cool place to have. I don't know if they make jukeboxes anymore, but like a cool, like, jukebox <laughs> oh, no, type place. Oh, no, we got a good atmosphere there. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we opened up a rooftop two years ago, so we've got a rooftop and then a downstairs tasting room. It's all open air. And then you can pretty much just, you see all the brewing equipment right from the bar. So it's it's pretty it's pretty cool and very inviting. Um, yeah, I was gonna say another about picking beer labels and names. That is the hardest part of the game right now. It's finding a name that's not taken. Yeah, you know, there's so many craft breweries. So I I re, I go back to Untapped every time we you know I have a list of names and uh, un, and seeing how many beer names are already taken is incredible. It's yeah. Uh, some, I don't know if you are you an untapped guy. I am. An, yeah, I'm an untapped guy. Like I used to be. I used to care about like the check-ins and like I thought that was cool. And I don't really care that much anymore. I just do it more like if I'm because I'll go if I haven't had something before, unless there's like a favorite that's on tap. I'll usually go to the if I had to pick between A or B. I'll probably go to something if they're the same style or whatever. I'll usually go to the one I haven't had. So that's usually where I yeah. like check to see if I had it. But if I don't like it, I won't. Like I won't. I'm not a person who's like, "This was a shitty like 2.0 beer." Fuck these guys. I, if I don't really like it, I, I just try not to. I might not check it. Yeah, I might not. I'm not like a beer muscles kind of like per. I'm not going to check into it just to shit on somebody because there's so many factors that go into that, and it's some you know, and it's. Uh, I, there's I don't so know. many people on there too. They're like, oh, I I don't like stouts and this. And they're reviewing a stout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw, like, one of the guys, I don't know, one of the guys on Twitter was like, yeah, someone rated our Pilsner, like, a two or something. But then, like, he's like, I went to check their profile, and he's like, all the Pilsners they have, they have twos, and then they only like, you know, stouts. And he's like, why the fuck are you drinking? Like, it's okay not to like them. Stop ordering, you know what I mean? Stop <laughs> ordering Pilsners if you fucking don't like Pilsners. Like, it's cool. Like, that's okay. You know, there's plenty of beer out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous yeah, people are ridiculous it's like you don't have to check into everything like let it go yeah and we are back that's right folks you are still listening to episode number 86 Ochenta y Seis featuring the extremely talented and chill as fuck Chris Kemp you can follow along with his work with Revelry and his other many projects that he's kind of got himself into at C like the ocean underscore Kemp as in Sean. And I just like his perspective. Chris is a guy that I would like to hang out with. We really, you know, 
it's really nice when I get to, you know, chat with folks and you know, shoot texts and just kind of, you know, vibe with them. His perspective, you know, on life, do do what you love, and you know, he's doing all these great, you know, products that he's a part of. You know, really, you know, nice portfolio that he has together. You know, like I said, he's working. You know, he's got a comic book. He's obviously doing the beer labels. He's doing illustrations for the, the local paper. He's working, you know, on a, you know, with a honey and a you know, CBD company. It's just, it's really wonderful to see because. What I really like and what I've noticed, um, and we'll give a little plug to the to the natural honey infused CBD, Apis Mercantile. You can follow them, apismercantile.com. If you guys want to be a sponsor or just send us some honey. But anyway, what I what I noticed and is always interesting to me is you know, you talk about friends and family and the vibe you're creating and the community you're part of and making something. When I post, you know, people's stories or, or I post, you know, the, the photos of them about the upcoming episode, it's really interesting to see, you know, people who are, are genuinely excited for, you know, for Chris. They're excited to hear his story. They're excited for this episode. I mean, I know they're excited to hear me talk too, right? So much love to all you, but no, but, in, you know, in all seriousness, it's just, uh, it's, it's just really nice because... He's an honest, true, genuine person, and that just resonates, I think, with a lot of people. And so it's really nice just to be able to take this opportunity with so many people to recognize and, you know, celebrate Chris and all of his hard work. You know, it means the world to me. You know, they listen to the episodes. You know, he was, you know, mentioning, you know, things that, you know, happened in other episodes. And it's just, uh, it's just really, it's really, it's a nice one. It's really good, you know, it's a... Uh, the only way this probably would be better if we did it, you know, live in person, like down at the beach in South Carolina, and we just kind of drank the whole time, just had you know laughs and you know played tunes. So when, when we do this as a video project, you know, that'll definitely be one of the ones that we want to make sure you uh, you make sure you check out there. So you are listening to the 16 ounce canvas, the art of craft beer podcast. My name is still that's right. It doesn't change between segments. My name does not change. You might not know what AJ stands for, but my name is AJ Kierens, and I'm your host here each and every week with an extreme amount of pride as we drive to 100, 100 episodes, keeping it 100. It is crazy. We will get there, and we are definitely closer than when we started, so enough about me. You're listening to episode number 86 with Chris Kemp, Revelry Brewing, Charleston, South Carolina. Right here on the 16-ounce canvas, this is the second part of the interview. Part dos, doa. I learned other words for two. But just, yeah, here it goes. Cheers. So how yeah, much I'm, So how much time do they give you? Like, so, you know, it's like... I do 20, like 20 to 30 hours a week there. And then one day a week at the surf shop, and then the rest is freelance work. Cool. Pretty so, much. So yeah, they have a new beer. They have a new beer coming up. though. like, how much time do you have for when they tell oh, okay. you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it really depends. We had a schedule this year, but then it changed. A lot of the barrelage stuff is pretty spontaneous. Like, they don't know what it's going to taste like when it comes out of the barrel. Like, a hundred percent, it may change taste or whatever. So we try not to name it until we get a good grip on how it's going to taste. Okay. Um. So sometimes it's a week. Sometimes I have it on a schedule in something we've already brewed. Okay. It varies. It's kind of all over the place, but I, I've I've done two labels in one day before. Okay. Two in one day? Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Reverie, give the man some time. I, 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 give the man some time. That's that's the hardest part about it is I feel like you want to, I want to buckle down and spend 24 hours on one label sometimes, but got to turn and burn. Yeah. But you're probably, I mean, you're always creating, right? So you're probably, I mean, some, I, I, that's what I think is amazing. Sometimes I feel like with artists, it's like once that, like the pen, like it, it already, sometimes it's already drawn in your head and you're just kind of like transcript. It's like a usb to your head right and you're just trying to like get that out of your brain onto paper it's it's really it's really impressive that you can do it like that oh yeah yeah uh it's nice to be i mean i work from home 
probably half the week. And do you wear pants when you work from home? Usually not. See, I knew it. I could tell. You're not a pants. <laughs> <laughs> that could have gone really weird. So I'm uh, glad, I'm glad you agreed nice with me. Comfortable. Put on hey, some yeah, it's yeah, it's freezing up here. I'm wearing, I'm still wearing shorts and flip flops when I pick the kids up. They look, they look at me like I have three heads. I'm like, hey, I work from home today. Like, I don't have to, I don't have to, do, I don't have to impress anybody. You know, like yeah. It's a different, it's a different world. When I got out of college, I was wearing a suit and tie to work, and now I have no dress code. Oh man, you must love it. Then, like, you're like, yeah, you've <laughs> you've picked like the perfect self. Yeah, you're great. That's good. I have to wear a tie sometimes, but I don't have to. I think early on, like I'm in my I'm in sales, and so like when we go pitch and stuff, I'll I'll get dressed up. But then I realized like I do a lot of it in New York City, and like no one else was wearing suits, and I felt like I was like making them uncomfortable. So it's, I just kind yeah, so I just kind of vibe I just kind of vibed off them, and it was like okay, I can wear jeans and like a sport coat and like nice kicks, and like it'll be part of their like they're if they're an agency, like I'll fit right in. Whereas if I came in like stuffy as hell, you know, it's like a lot of times it's like younger kids, and so. I don't know. I was psyched when I came to that realization. I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm glad that trend's over. Yeah, exactly. Fuck I that remember uh, out of college, I was, uh, and I, not me, but I was, I, this is how I realized I wanted to do something else, but I had sold health insurance out of college, and I was still such a beach bum, but I had to live back with my parents for a couple months out of, after college, and I was taking off my wingtips for sandals at lunchtime like i just i could not stand tucking in my shirt it was it was hard yeah now they make shirts now they make shirts that look cool untucked like it's a whole fucking thing like it's so great <laughs> it's like oh the, the new one tucked it's so good and like i'm like where are we gone like all i knew was like get away these button up you know and it's like how do you tie your tie? And I mean, I never was like a Windsor knot or anything like that. I used to rock a bow tie because I was like, I have to be somewhat unique. But yeah. Oh man, you fit right in in Charleston. Oh yeah, I know, but it's a little different down there, right? With uh, <laughs> what is that? What is that style of suit with like uh, like the blue and white seer stripes? Sucker? Yeah, I'm not a seersucker kind of guy, but whatever, <laughs> man. Okay, as long as we're on the water, dude, and we're having some seafood and cold ones. I mean, I'll wear whatever the hell you want, man. We'll be good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was quite a difference uh, coming from um, Outer Banks, where everybody is in their, you know, well, they call them wanchi slippers there, but they're fishing boots and their overalls, and everybody is blue collar to coming to here. Everybody's it's a lot of fashion, and Charleston's pretty progressive, you know, for yeah. a southern. Town. Yeah, right. That's what yeah, that's what everyone that's they said at the office. It's kind of it's a little it's it's less than the uh, typical. Um, for better for better or worse you know southern stereotype it's pretty cool there so everything i've yeah a lot pretty, happening yeah i need yeah. my short time um you know the cities just came a long way so yeah the, uh, what, what was the stupid fact i heard recently i don't mean to be insulting but it was uh, i think that's the number one wedding oh, the wedding, number destination, one? wedding destination like it surpassed oh Vegas. is it number one wedding destination? i know it's been rated number one or number two city to visit in the last few years, I, I, mean, I don't know if it was in the country or what, but I can get into some country. Yeah. Some country. I, the price, price of my home will go up. That's great. <laughs> all right. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I wouldn't say I love all country, but I, I don't. I just take every artist at, uh, on their own. So like, I can't. Yeah. I don't like I, as much I, twangy that was stuff. Not my review. Yeah. I I think it's an epic though. There's a lot of history and a lot of a lot of cool things to see here. All right, well, and you're you're my tour guide when I come down there, brother. So we'll, we'll do it up proper. Now, for sure. Now you used to, so you were creating on surfboards, which are huge, you know, kind of, and then you said murals and stuff like that. Was it hard for you to kind of take your art down to a smaller, for lack of a better term, canvas, like with the cans and the bottles, having been able to have so much more freedom with the the larger formats? I think that's easier, actually. Okay. <laughs> for me, yeah. I, I mean, because I'm rough sketching everything in a sketchbook, um, like a little sketchbook. And, and and even big murals come out of like a little sketchbook. So it wasn't it wasn't too hard. Um, at first, it, you know, it took me a little bit to get used to, okay, well, I've got three inches that are going to show on the shelf, and I want this to show out, and really thinking about everything. But 
Uh, I mean, I guess it kind of became second nature. Sorry, that makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because the murals probably, yeah, especially, yeah, the larger pieces must be, that's, that's to me still one of the most intimidating things is the idea of doing a mural. I don't know. I think, I mean, I, I love it. It's them. very intimidating. I still don't feel confident, but, you know, you just got to say, fuck it, and I can do this. And I don't know. That's, I think that's the biggest part of art and being an artist is uh, letting go. Just fucking of, do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, like there's got to be a point with everybody where, somebody asks you to do something and you don't want to say no you're like i can do that and just make it happen uh if you don't know how to do it then learn yeah and i like that because you're saying sometimes you have like a short period of time so i mean you really have to kind of come to terms with that whole idea of just like okay let it go you know it's like we put it out and you know let the bird fly and wherever wherever it ends up and you really sometimes have to you know you probably look at it when it gets you know gets printed and you're going oh man i would have done this or done that but like then your next piece is better because of that experience right and so just because you have, I, yeah, just because you have a week doesn't mean it's going to be a better piece it just means you know you probably have more time to pull your hair out it's crazy to look back at uh stuff i've made a couple of years ago and not that i i don't love it I, sometimes I, I like it more than the stuff i'm doing currently but you were talking about those labels with the, the cutout photos yeah like that's that was like our whole we we like tried to come up with a plan in the beginning and that's what we were started on we were doing all photos when I was drawing on top of them and quickly that changed into something else and that's kind of been the cool thing about revelry it's just been we've all been like growing and learning as as it's been happening uh the whole TTB and yeah getting things approved has certainly been um you know a, a learning experience now what is the you were saying you like the baby is cold outside and i have a funny story about that all right let's hear it let's <laughs> deliver brother bring it I, it's sitting here right in front of me i love it too but uh, we were doing larger bottles and then we through the mobile bottler when we got the um our own bottling machine i must have dragged that template over and it said 22 ounces instead of 16. So for, I think it was three or four pallets, I had to make a little small sticker and hand hand sticker four pallets worth that said 16 ounces instead of 22. <laughs> I learned my lesson. Yeah. Somebody was like, I'm going to fuck with him. They're going to make this mistake twice. It's like, oh, here man. we go. <laughs> trial by fire. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all learning experience. So. Yeah. Now, what's the significance? I know with the of like the trumpets. Like, what's the story with that? Oh, man, I want to make a book about it. <laughs> All right. I just want to come up with a magical magical journey of the bugle. Yeah, bugle. Um, yeah. Really, that's nothing to do with me. I didn't come up with that, but it's it's uh, to resemble the like the old South and kind of a um, reveille is actually a bugle call. Oh, okay bugle call and then revelry means loud and boisterous activities um i'd like to make a story up to the bugle i don't fully know all right <laughs> yeah we got, yeah get it they should have a little section on the website like the story of the bugle it's probably yeah well it, was, it pops so up too. enough it like pops up a little bit here and there in the tap handles and stuff and so yeah it's very like the, the, our tap handles don't say revelry um yeah it's just uh like the Nike swoosh. Oh, right. All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. That's just, yeah, just, just drink it. Yeah. So what's, uh, so what do you, so you guys just celebrated your fourth anniversary and you got some cool, I like that you did some, you know, some cool artwork for that too. Uh, you know, the, the different cans. And again, there's one, I think it almost looks like you with the bugle hands, you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, is, that, is that narcissistic or I got lazy with the reference? In the no way. You have huge fucking hands. In that picture, though, you've, you have huge fucking hands, though. Like, they're massive, like, giant, like, freakish hand, though. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's, like, obscenely large. But, no, I like it, yeah. I don't know. If I could draw anything, I'd draw myself. We'd probably have to practice, right? You know? And so it's all good. I've, I've had to take that bugle and just run with it. So I'm just trying to come up with anything I can do with it. Yeah, it looks uh, like those... Uh, 
those characters are like on the Muppets, right? They're like the they had the little horns, like had the bugles out of their heads. It looks like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what they're called, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, so what kind of uh, so you were, we were talking before about some of your favorites. What are some of your favorites to drink from from Revelry? Oh man, uh, Funkmaster has been my favorite since the beginning, but that's pretty limited right now. Um, the Never Sunny, uh, of course, the Hazy IPA. I think I'm on that kick with everybody else. Um, and I'm drinking a cream ale, Gola cream ale, right now. It's our uh, pill. It's a cream ale. Drinks with just like a pilsner, and it's got we brew it with grits, which is pretty representational of the low country in South Carolina. With grits, huh? Well, I, don't think I, I don't think I've heard that before in a beer. Like, you hear some weird shit nowadays. Yeah. I've never heard grits, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it makes a good substitute for grain and um, it's representational of South Carolina. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we up with a local, uh, local, I think it's Geechee Boy Grits. And then we're we're also giving back to the uh, Gola is a local um, indigenous culture here in Charleston. Um, so we've kind of been giving back to their foundation um, with every Gola cream ale sold. So it's been good, kind of trying to support support the local and the heritage, and pretty important here. I feel like with all the cooking and everything else that comes out of here. That's that's a great story, and then. Again, if you go, folks, you go to Chris's Instagram, see like the ocean underscore Kemp, like Sean Kemp. Um, you can see. <laughs> I had his jersey. Oh, dude, that, that's yeah. I have friends that have like last names like that. Like I had a colleague that like one of the guys on the Patriot was on the Patriots or whatever. It was like a low tier guy, and he like retired. <laughs> and so like every store in like the Massachusetts area was like just trying to get rid of the jerseys because he was retired and like she knew. She, she, you know, she just got married. And she's like, I'm gonna have kids someday, and so she bought like every size. Then they're like five cents, you know, they're like five cents on the dollar cheap, you know. And so she bought all these jerseys. So her kids at like whatever age in life they could have a, you know, a Maroni jersey. I thought it was the coolest fucking <laughs> idea ever. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and so the gullet, man. I, I mean, someone got that as a tattoo. Like, how amazing is that? Was that was that a weird experience for you? Yeah, that's one of the bartenders. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty awesome. I was, I was, I, I never, I mean, I, that's the second time I've had that happen. That would take my breath away. Like, and it's on his hand too, man, which exciting, has to man. fucking hurt, man. That has to hurt. I'm, yeah. Yeah. That guy's got some guts. Whole BJ. Um, yeah, man, he's, he's a man and he is, uh, he's been bartending there and he is all about revelry and loves it. And just, yeah, I mean, I'm, He's enthusiastic about his job, which is awesome. And I feel like you all are. The whole story yeah. with the Palmetto Flower, I guess I should tell you that. Uh, I started off with Revelry painting the murals. Um, I met, I worked at a surf shop when I first moved here, and I sold Sean a surfboard. Sean asked me if I wanted to paint some murals at the brewery, and I did. And I was painting outside, and um, we're in this community where a lot of uh, – the thing to do around here, the indigenous, like, uh, Geechee, Gola people, they take the palmetto um, trees and they and they wrap baskets with them and they make flowers with them, the palmetto flowers, out of the actual palm fronds. And so these kids would come up to me and try to sell me these roses every day when I was doing the mural. And, I, was, you know, I bought one or two, and after a little bit okay okay and uh i was spray painting the mural and i had red spray paint and i started spray painting the roses and they would go back and sell their roses and they said oh man that little touch of red on my i upped the price and so it was just kind of uh hard you know i i gained a relationship with these kids that live in the block where we opened up our brewery and it was pretty touching you're a good person man I, yeah you're yeah I, I I I get the Chris vibe, dude. You're you're good people, man. So, yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot for uh, for having me. I I wanted to ask you what you said you were in radio. Were you a were you a radio like a disc jockey or? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, I did college. Like, I mean, I didn't go to college for ten years, so I was to preface that I did college radio for ten years. It makes me sound like I was on a, 
animal house or, or PCU or something. But no, I just, yeah, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, went, I live in the town. I lived in the town where I went to school. And if you were a community member, you could still have your show there. And so I did like, uh, I, at the peak, I had four hours, four hour show every week. It was called uh, Sharing in the Groove. And I would have local and you know regional artists if they were coming through town, um, you know, play live. You know, so like I said, usually like an hour a week was either the band like co-hosting or playing live. And you know, I managed a band and did some cool stuff. And so, yeah, I just yeah. like yeah, it was just it's it was a good good way to create. It's kind of how I met my wife, and yeah, it just kind of all ties itself together. Excellent, man. That's yeah, cool. I'm. In, I'm obsessed with music. I always have been. Yeah, I mean, that, that's my last question. It's a perfect segue. I mean, I couldn't even pay you to set me up that well. But what yeah. kind? Of, you know, what are you what are you listening to? What's you know what's the what's going on when you're you're creating or you know what's uh, you know just kind of what's some tunes that you're you're digging on the last few albums maybe or this is the yeah, mo- this is uh, all, this question's all well, for me. I I've been turned on to some some killer music, so I'm I'm excited. I've been posting my playlist. Like I've been making a playlist for every month. I don't know why, but I just I, I I've been I was making playlists anyway since I turned to Spotify a couple of years ago. But so I've been posting them on Instagram just because I secretly want to be a DJ. <laughs> I do too. Um, I don't, I, I've been looking. At... I, I I feel like I like so many different types of music and so many weird. I was really into hip hop growing up, um, and then I got in really into reggae. And now I'm just into everything. Uh, but I've been making playlists with that. Uh, Tommy Guerrero came out with a new album the other day. I've really been digging that. I, I like the work to his music and Matson too. Have you heard of them? Uh, I've heard the first one, not the second one. Tommy Guerrero, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just cool. It's just different type of jazz, kind of like Grand Carini style, but. Like uh, a lot of hip, I I couldn't even like put it into four or five people, but uh, yeah. Well, if you go to if you go to Chris's if you go to Chris's Instagram, you can see it's uh, his Blocktober <laughs> playlist. So I don't know. By the time you see hear this, it might be uh, I don't know what cool pun you're gonna have for November, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm running out. How about November? Like K N O W. Oh, I like that. I like that better than what I currently have. All right, all right, cool. All right, we'll see. That's <laughs> called good that's called a collaboration, folks. We, me, me, and, me and Chris is kicking it. That's, that would be like right. Yeah, I want, I've been looking into getting like like a pioneer like deck. It's a couple hundred bucks, but like these, I don't know. I just want to like have people come over and have beers and just like play music for them. Like I just yeah. want to do that. like because I always do that anyway. Like if people are coming over, I'll do what you do. I'll make a playlist or I have like a couple Bluetooth speakers and I'll do it from my phone and kind of vibe the place. And I don't know. I just want—I don't, I don't yeah. think I'd be very good at it, like the mixing part of it, but I don't know. <laughs> it's been fun. Um, I recently just set up my grandparents' old record player too, and like, man, it's been fun getting back into vinyl and actually sitting down listening to a whole record all the way through. And sometimes we just do that. It just feels good. I feel like that's how an album was meant to be listened to. Yeah, it's like. Well, right through maybe there's a story to be told um but i i try to do that as much as i can is listen to an album straight through that's yeah that's what we're trying to do on mondays now we do like music mondays and we try to pick like straight through records like albums and i think one i, I don't know which yeah. one it is i always get it confused but i think album of the year is a full album like we're talking about and then record of the year is a single because back in the day they can only do you know, an A and a B side, and it was just oh, two songs. So I think that's why I, one of the one of them. I think that's why it's record of the year, and and it always confused me because it's like just a single. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes, either one way or the other. There you go. Yeah. I, oh I yeah. The Beatles, Beatles Revolver album today in the surf shop. It was. Oh. It was good. That's yeah. I mean yeah. I mean I just. It's an album from start to finish is like, it's just, that's how it was intended as a piece of artwork. Now, you know, now it, it's, it's just so great to be able to, to flow through it, you know, it, it, and cause you can see it sometimes the story, sometimes they tell a story. Yeah. It's just, they're, they're harder to find, but when oh. you do, it's like, it's perfection. I wonder how that's affected, you know, I've always wanted to do an album cover. Well, actually I did do, I did do a little bit of an album cover, but I, I've always wondered how that would affect 
people now, you know, because it's now just pops up on your screen. Is it is it just as important? I I think it is, but I, I don't see it as personal as I do unless I buy the vinyl or yeah. I can't see buying a CD anymore. No, I found a bunch of old CDs and I was like, oh, like you get the new Macs now. They don't even come with CD players. It's like, oh, what the hell do I do here? So that's, that's kind of weird. I still have all my old CDs because I love the album art. I can't help but get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I found a bunch. Of, oh, yeah, we have we have some vinyl here. And I definitely, it just, you're right. I mean, I don't think it has as much weight. But I, I for, for now, though, the re- vitalization of of vinyl is that's encouraging to me you see that you see that it comes out more and more and record store day there's a lot more reissues and, and what have you so i don't know there's still faith that'd be kind of that'd be kind of cool i miss the record store I yeah miss, i miss uh like when i was growing up i used to ride my bike to the to the local it was called record and tape church and i would buy an album based in the youth section based off the album art it didn't I? I kind of thought I would like it, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's just not even a thing anymore. It's crazy. Yeah, you look at all those like all the Pink Floyd like album covers. Like they're amazing. Like just to think how they did those back then. Like some of them are just you know incredible. Yeah. My just... boss at the surf shop bought me a a, a book uh, last year for Christmas called The Art of the Album Cover. Man, that's the coolest book I've ever got. All right. So, yeah. And then Pink Floyd is on the cover. Yeah. Art of, uh, what is so it? Yeah, art of the Art of the Album art? Let's see. Yeah. I, art of the album cover. Okay. Art of the album cover. Yeah, it's Yeah, I used to buy those like kind of books like that. It was like gig posters and stuff like that and just kinda of, like just to get inspired. I'd be like I would do like some freelance website stuff and um it was just great to look at. Like you could take the old style from the fifties that were really like, you know, geometric you know heavy or, or font heavy it was just it was just really cool to see like i just really uh i'm with you man yeah i love it yeah i finally uh we bought a house this past year and now i my studio i have bookshelves all behind me and it's great to just turn around and grab any of these books for inspiration to, you know to physically have it in my hand rather than google it just seems it's more so intimate yeah. Yeah. i don't know I, yeah, it makes my mind work a little more, more. Yeah, exactly. Let my inspiration flow, right? It's like perfect. Yeah. So. Well, all right, brother. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you making the time, and uh, I look forward to catching up in 3D and you know seeing what uh, November's got for us in the playlist. Yes, sir. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. I appreciate you, dude. It's uh, hopefully it wasn't too painful, right? It was not so bad. You got you. No, it was good. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're a natural. Like I said, it's usually like that first. You know, once we talk at the first couple minutes, and it's like, all right, this is chill. We'll be good. So yeah, you're yeah, you're doing some good stuff, and I I really uh, I admire your, your hustle and all your hard work. I think it'll really inspire others. Sandy, my friend, thank you. All right, cool. We will we will definitely uh, we'll be meeting in three D. I look forward to it. So uh, put the crew on notice. We'll come down there and cause the ruckus. Sounds great. All right, brother. All right, cheers, man. Have a good night. All right, you too. Bye. There you have it, folks. The essential, the one and only Chris Kemp, Revelry Brewing, Charleston, South Carolina. Hang 10, bro. So I just wanted to, again, thank Chris and everybody for being a part of it. Really enjoyed this week's episode, just to get to kind of kick back, talk to Chris. And listening back, though, I do realize this episode, I say the word like a fucking ton. It's like ridiculous, like the amount of times I say it. I'm like a, and clueless or something. I don't know. Sometimes when you hear yourself back, you kind of get a little cringeworthy. Sometimes in speaking with the artists in preparation, they get a little nervous and are listening to their, their episode, they're concerned how they're going to sound. I sound like garbage, so I apologize for that. Some weeks are, are better than others, but can't all be home runs. Chris, thankfully, was uh, holding it up, telling his story, surfboards, comics, illustrations, honey, beer. He's got a, got a good thing going down there through hard work, doing what he loves, being you know passionate about it working hard and it's just a really good story he's a good guy he likes good music and i definitely am excited to 
to come down and visit next year and you know hang out with him and the, the crew over there at Revelry. So much love to all of them. Much love to you. Another episode is in the books. Episode number 86, Ochenta Isais, 16-ounce canvas. Next week, we'll have another update from Heidi on the road. We got some great feedback about that a new addition to that. Uh, new addition to the podcast, uh, checking in with Heidi, 48 Beer Project, coming to a town near you. Make sure you tell Heidi that we sent you, and make sure you say hello. So it's exciting for us because uh, in utilizing Heidi and adding you know that segment to the show, it's given us some versatility because we've had folks we'd want to interview in the past but aren't really a beer or, or maybe aren't label-specific, but their topics or their stories can be interesting. So I think we're going to use that as kind of a jump-off point. Uh, as that gets moving along to look at ways that we can incorporate other pieces of information, news, interviews from you know around around the beer and art scene. So stay tuned for that. Remember 160Z Canvas on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and use the pound sign hashtag tic-tac-toe wherever it is that you're doing your thing, we will find you. And so don't be a stranger. Keep in touch and until next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay warm. Which is a weird thing to say because we're all in different parts of the country, and so it could be just warm where you are right now. And I would, yeah. Anyway, that's all. I'm just laying inside my head. I apologize for that. Have a good weekend, everybody. Or a good Tuesday, again, depending on who you're listening. Bye. <laughs>